welcome to Lexi's Healthy Dynamic Life. I am Lexi, and on today's podcast, I have the pleasure of interviewing Della Upshur. Della is from Della's Ross's Journey. She is a fabulous woman who went from failing health to thriving. She's going to be a speaker at the UK Fruit Fest this year. Welcome, Della. It's so nice to have you. It's a pleasure to be here. I really love it when people reach out and, you know, want to know my journey. Little old me at, at 65 nearly. Yay! Yeah. We're so glad you're here. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, where you located, and what's your story? I live on high up on a mountain, so I've got pure fresh air, lots of land to myself. It's in Spain, Alicante, up in the mountains. I've planted a lot of trees last year and hoping they'll grow in my lifetime. (laughs) And I came into the journey, it'll be six years in February. Why did I come into the journey? At 59, I was looking after my husband with dementia and I was finding it hard to bend at the knees to put his socks on. I'd already had a triple heart bypass arthritis, vertigo, so many things I had wrong with me. And here in Spain, I do not speak the language. And the doctor actually said to me, you're a very, she didn't speak fantastic English. You're a very poorly person. And there's not a lot more we can do for you. And the next thing would probably be stents. I was struggling using a GNT spray to be able to do my chores and things never walked these mountains because I never had the energy to do that. And so that's me coming into this lifestyle. Awesome. So how did you hear about using raw plants? So what happened, she's since died. I had my stepdaughter, she was a similar age to me. She had a massive heart attack. She said, I'm not going to have stents. I'm not taking medication. I said, you're crazy. You've got to do what the doctors tell you. And I said, well, where are you coming from? And she said that she was reading up on the Gerson diet. And when she had all the equipment and everything, she was going to start this raw journey. I read the Gerson from that day on. I read and I read and I read. But from the hour into uh, reading about the Gerson diet and the Gerson way, I went raw straight away. I realized that that something clicked in my head and I just realized, but I didn't follow the Gerson because it was like, take your amalgams out, do this, do that. So I just started reading and it was all similar things. You know what it's like. It's all similar things. And I must admit, I, I was three, 11 stone. I, didn't really worry too much about my weight because it was like, I was obese. I was classed as obese, but it was only three stone. And I don't know how many kilos that is. <laughs> so the books that I actually read was saying to juice. So, and I wasn't doing it for weight loss. So I was doing it for health. So I started reading this book and I won't say the book because I don't think it's fair to the author, but people might realize who it is. 
it's all about taking supplements, juicing at first, and it was costing an absolute fortune. Money that I just was throwing down the pan, lots of enemas, lots of this, that and the other. But I did 31 days of juicing. Um, I never ate anything in that 31 days. I just juiced predominantly greens and maybe an apple went in for the flavour. I lost all of my weight in that first six weeks and I didn't want to lose all that weight. So if I was doing this again, I wouldn't have done the juicing. I would have gone straight in. It wasn't until eight months into my journey that I coached with Paul and Yulia. Just one or two. I'd already had my experience, but I needed, I felt I needed that little extra. I consulted with Paul and Yulia a, a couple of times. And in the very first hour, they all the books I'd read, like 80 books, they, in, I don't know how I missed it, they introduced me to the 80-10-10 diet by Dr. Graham. And that was it. As soon as I started reading, I realized I needed my own self and fruits, vegetables, nuts and seeds, nothing else to be well. And I've stuck with that because I do have a lot of people that like my advice look, if I go on the fruit diet, will it make me lose my weight? And what I say is forget about weight. Weight has to, you know, like take a back seat here. It's all about it being our species specific diet, you know, for our health reasons. Because for me, it definitely was health reasons. And that's it. You know, I've never, ever looked back I stick predominantly to raw. I, I've had a couple of slip-ups, feel awful. Anybody that can come off the standard American diet and actually do it, you know, even if it's with a little bit of steamed vegetables and 80% raw, you know, they need a medal basically. They're still going to feel fantastic, but not as fantastic as being 100% raw. I love it. Thank you for sharing your journey. And it sounds like you tried a couple of things until settling on the 80-10-10 diet, and that's where you really felt thriving. Do you still juice now, or do you eat all whole foods? I think that we are meant to actually eat our food. What I was finding, because yes, I have gone back to juicing, and even though I was five years into raw, I was felt like I was missing out on cooked food. You know, I had this craving, I wanted things, it didn't feel right and so I know it sounds silly because there is a lot of variety but I felt like I was lacking in variety and I started to juice again but I changed I seemed to do full out full on at something and then it changed but it'll always be and Dr Graham 801010 doesn't really believe he it's okay with smoothies, it's okay um, to eat the food, but he's not really into juicing. That's why I say, because I, I, I always usually put 80-10-10, because it's Della's Raw Food Journey, if you look me at. It's my journey, my mistakes and everything. So I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently, and I decided to put juicing back into my diet. Because what happens with me, I sleep fantastically. Lights out at 10 o'clock. Because it's not just the diet, you know. It's lights out at 10 o'clock. I've got no windows. It's doors with mosqueteras on them. The door is left wide open. The air is flowing. No stale air in my room. And then 7, I wake up around. I'd like to wake up at 6.30. But it doesn't always happen like that. But around that time, 
you know, when I, before Raw, I would get up four or five times to go for a wee during the night. I do still wake once in the night, but I'm, I'm sort of asleep. You know, I wake once in the night and then I wake up at 6.30 in the morning and I have to wait. I usually, I must admit, I wake up, I go straight and get my iPad and have a look, you know, what messages I've got. And then a fantastic thing happens. I have to go to the loo you know, within 15 minutes of waking. So if I wake at eight o'clock within 15 minutes, if I wake at 6.30 within 15 minutes, after that, I just think it's amazing that I, because before I just didn't go, you know, it could be three, four days and I just automatically go, my music on and I'm out the door and I'm running. I can do a kilometre in around six minutes, I can run a kilometre. But because it's a lot of mountain as well, it's like walk, run, and I've got it down to six kilometres in 50 minutes. And then um, I feel the endorphins, the, the buzz, because I was decrepit before. I was a work in decline before, and I really thought that I didn't have much... My, my father died young and I didn't really feel that I had much long, longer. But now I feel that I'm a work in progress. I don't worry about dying anymore. I, obviously, there's only so much you can change. I was 59 when I actually came into this, you know, so I'd already done a heck of a lot of damage to my body. And I feel better now. You know, you can see I've got the scarred down the foots, down the front of me where and staples inside where I had the triple heart bypass. I suffer with my heart no longer. I, I was on some of the meds twice a day. I don't take anything now. Why? You know, like I changed one thing. You know, you get different medications for different things wrong. I don't need any of it anymore. My blood pressure is perfect. I just feel like I'm flying. And then, so I might as well lead on from there. So I have around 10, 10 a.m. I, I would prefer to leave it till midday before I eat. But for some reason, when I came back from England, because I, I like to be 50 kilos, eight stone. When I came back from England, I went through a healing crisis, which I love to have my healing crisis because it just sets me up for going forward, removing toxins from my body. But I lost a little bit of weight. I went, I dropped weight at, at back down to seven stone six. We have to eat the correct amount of calories on the 80-10-10 diet or this sort of diet to get all our nutrients and everything in. I went on chronometer. I checked my amount of calories and I was only eating around 1400 calories. Hence, the weight had dropped off me. So I've worked towards, but since January, since I came back from England, I've worked on gaining my weight. Everybody wants to lose weight. I wanted to gain weight. And, and I do have many anorexic followers. Um, and like just this morning, I posted where I was 7'11", and now I'm 7'13", which is just under... 50 kilos and I'm so proud of that you know so I entered my um, calories on chronometer again today to see where I'm at and because I've introduced um, they've got some fantastic dates and I introduced some dates back into my diet around 500 calories for 200 grams 
there's where you know what's helped with the weight gain for me a, a day would be the juice which is about 14 to 16 ounces and what i try and have like three quarters of the jug has got to be greens so it could be kale collard swiss chard kale swiss chard and the top is watercress you know in on for health the top one is actually watercress i like the spiciness of watercress so you know because it's better for me than you know putting a knuckle of ginger in so um those three definitely go in and then i might even put some broccoli in swiss chard gives a lot of yield but when i put kale in i notice i'm only getting like a tiny amount of juice for that and then i'll either just put an apple or two apples or i'll put an apple and two mandarins obviously i peel the mandarins i love that juice and then my lunch time and, and i do stick to food combining chart but i know it off by heart now and then so my lunch time is today was over a thousand nine hundred calories my lunch today was 900 grams of mango two huge mangoes 900 grams fantastic and 400 grams of bananas which was four bananas and 200 grams of raspberries and i'm like you know like when when i was young it was like opal fruits and i was like oh i'm heaven with my opal fruits that's how i am with my with that lunchtime bowl and it's been the same bowl for quite some time because i can't have it forever you know it because with those three things i can get them but once the taste is not right I won't be having them anymore. And then, so recently, up until last week, from sort of November, my pre-dinner meal then was mandarins. You know, they've got to taste right. If they're not right, you're going to come up with little ulcers in the mouth that go down quite quickly. But my mouth actually tells me when something's not right. So that's pre-dinner. It'll be um, a big bowl of romaine lettuce around 200 grams of rate because i like my romaine on its own i don't know why i just like my romaine on its own so i'll have it with my pre-dinner fruit so recently it was mandarins and now and i'm thinking you know you'd think i'd know like five six years in what's going to come in next i'm thinking oh no what am i going to do my mandarins are finishing but cherries have just come into season so it's like my lettuce and my cherries pre-dinner and then I will start feeling hungry about 40 minutes after that again after I finished around 40 minutes and for me because I was strict until recently I didn't have any cruciferous vegetables you know things like cauliflower and things like that carrots it was a no-no for five years I didn't but I was I was a leafy green guy but maybe that's why I was craving things of old because I certainly don't crave anymore you know I'm in heaven with what I actually do now I, it feels right to me so then my last meal is then probably and I'm just loving it and I'm, I'm having it every day and maybe you know they say variety but I've not done bad by you know sticking to similar most days you know so for me now and i just love it it's 400 grams of cauliflower on a bed of young tender spinach cauliflower and then 
sweet red pepper, you know, the long ones, sliced. I like it chunky. I like that because my teeth are, I did have pyorrhea bleeding gums and my teeth were loose. And now my teeth are, a lot of them are not mine, I must admit. Most of them are, but, you know, I've got a couple of little um, teeth where I've lost my teeth because I'm 65. But my teeth are stronger. So I like the crunch of the cauliflower. I don't like it when I make it into a rice. I like the, the chunkiness. What I do then, I make an amazing sauce. I try to keep it around 10% fat, which is 80, 10, 10. I love everything, but my skin has been dry. I listened to a podcast and it said maybe we should up our fat a little bit because my fat was around 6, 7% all the time. And now my fat is around 10, 11%. And my skin is not feeling, looking so dry. So, and what goes into my sauce? I used to stick to one fat, but I now put two fats because if I have one fat one day, one fat the next day, one fat the next day, doesn't work out so good for me. So it's raw tahini, just a tablespoon of raw tahini and half a tablespoon of hemp, hemp seeds. If I want 9%, it's that, you know. If I want around 11%, I can have a whole tablespoon of hemp seeds. And I've got a little blender that goes in the blender with some um, just two pieces of dried tomatoes that have been soaked. Two is a herb from the garden, basil, two, two leaves, not too much, two quite big leaves of basil. Then my tablespoon of, of hemp, my tablespoon of tahini, and one stick of celery goes in. And it makes it, should I say meaty? It makes it chunky. It makes it, that gets blended. Oh, with some lemon, because, you know, it won't blend otherwise. Some lemon goes in with that. And I massage that into my salad. And then I top it with little cherry tomatoes. But then, I, you know, I've got a few different ways that I actually do it. That's my dinner then. I know it's wrong because they say add the fruit. And I did for five years. You know, I did it all 100% correct. But I still feel like something maybe half an hour, 45 minutes later, and I have some dates, some of the dry. They're off the tree. They're straight off the tree on the sticks. Forgotten the name of, of them. And they're, they're a little bit dry, you know. And uh, that's it for me. First of all, I will say that the sodium content in the food needs to be kept low. So my sodium, um, because one thing that I do do wrong, really, but I don't care, is that I have Bragg's liquid aminos. You know, it's touted as being fantastic. It's got sodium in it. It's not salt. Because if I eat salt, my blood pressure rises. As soon as I have anything salty, my blood pressure rises, you know, because I have cheated five or six times or maybe 10 times, no more than 10. And I've had a handful of crisps and I think, wow, you know, and I do my blood pressure, usually a perfect 120 and it's up to 150, you know. So I keep my sodium level to around a thousand milligrams. 
So that's on chronometer, that would be about 46%. The sodium is in fruit as well. We do not need the browns. I do not need the browns. I'm getting plenty of salt from my fruits and vegetables. I reintroduced it back in. But another thing that I do so that I'm not using as much is that I've got a spray container and I put half water and half rags. So, you know, I can have twice as much, but I'm only having half as much really because I've put the water with it. Um, usually when I've entered my food on Tachronometer, I don't need any water. I'm getting 100, 120% water. So if my Nature's Cure practitioner actually said to me, uh, because I have been with the Nature's Cure practitioner, it's back to nature for me. It's never doctors if I can help it. And it's never medications you know, and I do what nature's cure advises me. And for some reason, she asked me to drink the minimum amount of water. And uh, I went one better than that. I didn't drink any water for four months, any water at all, because I could see that I was getting 120% or 116% water from my food. When I had blood tests, the kidney values, the GABA filtration was, it was either 76 or 82. I couldn't believe it. It was back up to the maximum of 90 without water, you know, and we're supposed to drink water to keep us alive. When I see people, you know, saying, oh, I drink two litres of water before I start, you know, but I'm not saying for anybody to start this diet and stop drinking water, it would kill you, you know. I was four years in or three years, three or four years in before I, you know, was told about, you know, to drink the minimum of water. But I noticed today that um, when I entered my food, because I'm not having the mandarins, my water intake was 86%. So I thought, okay, I'm going to add a 16 ounce glass of water to this today or a coconut. I prefer, you know, a huge 14, but I've only got one coconut here. Until well, no, I can have a coconut because I go shopping tomorrow. So I prefer to have 14 ounces. It's a fresh coconut and drink that. And then that took my water content up to 116%. That's it, really. That's um, how I do things. And, um, and I do do my sun baths 20 minutes each side in the nude in the safe sun you know i don't go out there and burn although you know i have got a nice tan i try and go out in the sun sort of between half nine and ten o'clock when i come back for my run i'm really lucky i have an infrared sauna in the house and i have a sauna some days i have a sauna have a shower and then go out and do my sun bath sometimes I might even do a hip bath ice cold water when the weather's I can't do it when it's cold because because I'm raw my temp core temperature is a little bit lower than when I, I was stuffing myself with hot food and it's not the heat that does it it's the mechanics of the body that you know make the temperature because we're struggling basically the white blood cells and everything we are struggling and now I don't struggle my my core temperature is that little bit lower. So I will, I've got a hip, a back, a big um, like container that's like a little mini bath and I will put ice 
and water in there and plunge my only my hip area my legs will be out and my hips uh, will be in the hip bath why do I do this because even though I'm five six years into raw you know I've got a lifetime 59 years of disease in my body and it needed to be cleaned what happens you, you plunge this area and I was told I have a lot of waste in my waist area um, and it the the heat goes to that part of the body and it thinks, oh, I better start doing a little bit of work on this part of the body. So I do do that as well, most days. And skin brushing. My skin is like leather, I must admit. You know, it's, uh, I did stop because somebody said to me, I posted, I always post my body online because, you know, I show a photo of me, of the shape of me before going raw. And... Even when I was my youngest, I never had an, an hourglass figure. I never had a waist. Even though I was only sort of eight and a half stone, I was aiming for what I've got now at 64. You know, obviously I've got my wrinkles. I'm not trying to uh, be young, but when I posted my body, like I cut my head off the other day and just posted my body, and somebody actually said yesterday, you know, they passed comment and they said, Della, if you was to dye your hair, you'd look 15 years younger. And my response was, for health reasons, I'm never going to dye my hair again, you know, because it's dangerous. It's the toxins that we take in that I'm working my damnedest to get out of my body. And if I start dyeing my hair every six weeks again and my head burning from the toxins, no, I'd rather age gracefully. Um, I did stop wearing moisturizer. I, I've always used an oil. You know, what I can eat, I use on my body and I use uh, an oil on my face. Uh, it, any of you know I don't like um, coconut oil it's too greasy so it might be rose oil or almond oil or, or you know something like that on my face but my I noticed the bottom parts of my legs they needed a cream you know they were like my because they you know it says that the body uh, works from the inside well it weren't working for my legs so I've reintroduced as natural because the less things on the actual container the better you know and my legs are looking fantastic again you know I've, I've only been moisturizing for the last few days and I haven't got that leathery look to my skin anymore you know so that's me I work on me 100% I'm living on my own when my son uh, lives in another part of uh, the property and I work 100% on on me basically you know, I'm reaping the rewards from doing it. That's amazing, Della. I'm so, so grateful that you shared your story in such great detail. It was really powerful to hear about your journey from failing health to thriving. And I think that's something that a lot of our listeners can resonate with. I know I can. I came to raw food specifically for weight loss, but it wasn't just that. I was suffering with migraine headaches, digestive issues, joint pains, muscle aches, problems sleeping, like the list is goes on and on. So I think that it's just amazing to see how you were able to reverse your disease by changing your diet. And I'm just curious, 
was it ever presented to you as an option for treatment to change your diet when you said you had procedures and medications did they ever offer to change your diet do you know, do you know this scar right down the front of me and i've had the veins ripped out of my legs my heart's been flapped on the table and there was no computer. I didn't use a computer when I had. I was only in my 40s. I couldn't research or anything. And what happened to me is, you know, I was struggling to breathe. I'd never been able to breathe via my nose, always via my mouth. And I'd had a few angiograms. You know what angiograms are, where they go into, you know, and they sent me home. They said I was fine. But I was still struggling. And for some reason, the doctor saw something on the angiogram. And he took me back into hospital and asked me to go back in to recheck. And I was, I'm a bit of a flirt. You know, I'm a flirt. And I was watching the screen because I was awake when we were doing it. And we were getting on really well. He was just about to tell me I'm wrong. I can't find what I thought was wrong. And I went into cardiac arrest. I died. And I was resuscitated and I was told that, oh, you can't go home. If we let you go home, you could just drop dead. You would not have had a heart attack or anything. You would just drop dead. If somebody's there to resuscitate you, you'd get up and walk away. But there's not many that's going to resuscitate you. We need to do a triple heart bypass. I accepted this, you know, I accepted this. I didn't have to have a triple heart bypass. All I needed to do was be given, and because what they do, they give you a, a book and you go, you know, for exercise afterwards. But the book says, lean meat, lean this, less of this. It's not correct. We have to unlearn to relearn. We have to throw everything in our past, you know, everything we've been taught us to go out of the window. And I would, I would just say this, because I was brought up by my mother and father. My father begged me, he died at 59. He begged me to help him. I didn't have a clue back then. And my mother was putting some peas, some frozen peas, a little bit of mashed potato and a little bit of meat, less than what he'd had, you know, like previously, but still the same. And my poor dad died at 59. So as for me, I was ill from eight years old, I had my tonsils removed. That didn't need to happen. I was fed the wrong food. It is the food, we have to give up that food and eat the correct food. At the age of eight, I was very poorly. I, I had my tonsils removed. We, the tonsils are there for a reason. I had very small babies. I wanted children, I lost a lot of children. I had very small, four pounds eight, four pound 10 ounce babies because of my lifestyle. Lucky they're strapping lads now. But then when I was 30, I went to Greece and they eat a lot of chicken peri-peri in Greece. I didn't know I was um, a couple of months pregnant. I ate a lot of chicken peri-peri. When I went for my first lots of scans, they said to me, oh, we're really, really sorry. You've got toxomaplasmosis. Sebastian Cole is my age he had it at that time and they said your baby will be born the worst worst you know it'll have the worst deformities that it could ever have and it's been caused by eating undercooked meat or you've been around cat species i wasn't around cats i was eating a lot of chicken peri peri 
did I think you've got to stop eating this meat? You know, meat is dangerous. No, because I'd always eaten meat, you know, ate meat. I knew about diets and things, but only for, for weight loss, not our species-specific diet. Luckily, they said they wanted me to have it terminated, and if that's the right word, and I said, give me the weekend to think about it. And I had a miscarriage anyway, so I didn't have to go through having a termination. So then, you know, I carried on eating meat. And then a few years ago, I called E. coli. E. coli was caused by a dodgy kebab. Meat again. But I still didn't do bugger all about it. You know, I just carried on. I did try certain diets to lose a couple of stone. And then I, just before I went raw, because I've looked after my husband, and my husband had dementia, they sent him home to die and the amazing things i did with my husband for the last few years of his life at back out of the wheelchair walking the wheelchair was in the back of the cupboard you know my husband knew me up until nine days before he died you know raw through going raw the reason my husband died is because i was too afraid to take him off his last medication which was wolverine that's what he died of and being overdosed with Wolverine and getting pneumonia. I wanted to take him to India very early on and I didn't have the money to do it. Had I have taken him to India, they would have told me, like the hospital did three months before he died, no, he never needed to stay on that Wolverine. Now, I'd been told by the doctors that he had a, a valve replacement and it was a pig's valve and that he had to stay on that Wolverine. It wasn't true. It wasn't until my stepdaughter actually said what she was intending to do that I started researching, reading, the lights came on. And I know that at least, and I spread the word now, I do not need to earn a living. I do not need to write books. I'm lucky because I've got an income, a passive income from property. You know, like we've got a monkey on our shoulder, you know, our mind is a monkey and it, it you know, well, I, something makes me post and I show off, I show my body and I've never ever joined anybody to my Facebook page and I've got nearly 2000 followers now, all like-minded people. And one, well, one actually uh, was going to have a triple art bypass. I said, look, please ask them if you, they'll give you a month or two to try this diet. I did share it earlier on in my Della's raw food journey. And um, they came off the medication. Um, they didn't need the triple art bypass. And that could have happened for me as well, you know. So it is our species-specific diet. What we should be doing is eating from straight from the trees, eating till we're satisfied. But we don't live in that world now. So any which way, I don't worry about the staples down the front of my chest. And I certainly don't worry about eating all organic because it's just some people can't afford it. At some countries, it's not there. Did I worry any time before I went raw, no. So yes, if I was in a country where I, uh, I had a choice, I would go all organic. You know, if I want my spinach and it's in a packet and it's not organic, I'm gonna have it. And earlier on, 
I was only sort of two years into RAW. Uh, I had a diagnostic body scan to see, you know, apparently it flags up when you've got things wrong, when you've got worms. And I did have worms and I would suggest I take um, a tablet called Lompa. That's the only tablet I ever take. If I've been around animals, you can guarantee I've got worms. You know, if I've got cats, I've got worms. So every now and again, I will take a three-day course. You know, there is other ways to clear the body, but I think, for you know, all that medication I took from 30 to 59, I'm not going to worry about taking this medication, which was advised by an, an alternative doctor. And what he actually said to me, is when he did the diagnostic body scan, is I've never seen such a clean body of toxins. Your body is really clean. That's awesome. One of the most frequent questions I'm asked about eating raw fruits and veggies is, are you getting everything you need? And like you said, it's our species-specific diet. So of course we're getting everything we need and and sometimes even more water, more nutrition than is required. So it's really just amazing to hear how you shifted that. Yeah. I have had blood tests. There's two things that we might have to take. And first of all, I'm going to say my blood tests this time were not 100% perfect. My homocysteine levels were slightly high. I know I have got a problem. I have had a problem previously with my heart. I have had a triple heart bypass. So my homocysteine levels were a little bit high. And my vitamin D levels were were just slightly lower. It goes from 20 to 100. But we should be around 50. No higher than about 60. And mine was 19. Two of my cholesterol cholesterol were a little bit higher as well. Because if the ratio goes into it so many times, it's less likely to be a problem. And my ratio used to be like three times, but now it's five or six times. So that made me feel a little bit better. So what I will be doing, but I can't do it while I'm on lockdown, I went with Alia. She's a raw vegan doctor. I did um, a consult with Alia recently because obviously she stopped being a, a, a doctor because she didn't want to prescribe medication anymore. So her advice to me, and this is why I started doing the juicing, her advice was uh, add kale to also my B12. I wasn't using anything. The B12 changes with different blood tests. So one time, wasn't using anything, my B12 was 600. The next test I had, it was only 200. Then the next test I had, this last test, it was 500. So, and that was without using anything. But her advice to me was to get my homocysteine back to normal add in more greens you know romaine lettuce and she said it's okay but you need like chard you need arugula you need the other one that i said earlier the um, watercress and you know you need to add all those into the diet and but and also i'd like you to take the b12 supplement so my supplement and it worked for brian and it's worked for other people that i've recommended it's 
it's it's the right one it's got the coal room in in it it's a b12 boost spray by holland and barrett i think it's a thousand iu but i wanted to be oh natural and not bother you know but i've started taking the b12 again it's not harmful to the body just to be on the safe side and the thing is it's not meat that gives us our b12 it's what they have fed into the meat you know the the sheep or the cow it eats the same as we do it eats grass and that it's what the uh, they pump into the that get, has got the b12 in it and also uh, other things like flour you know I just, don't quote me but we've got no right what do they put in the water and this is why I don't drink water from the tap you know there's no I can smell it you know uh, the chloride in the water I use distilled water I will take the vitamin b12 now even though my vitamin d was lacking a little bit she said you live in the sunshine let's see if you go out in the sunshine which I was doing but I must admit if you look at Della's raw food journey and this happened to me I've had cancer uh, skin cancer recently on my face if you look back on my photos you will see my face was literally ripped right down opened up and I, I really thought I was going to be badly disfigured but it was from unsafe sun not from you know having safe safe sun we need the vitamin d when i was 16 i used to fry myself i used to slap on you know ambry solaire and i remember somebody saying touching me once and saying to me you were burnt you know you need to get out of the sun and i just and i was horrendously in agony from and i really do feel that it's a lifetime incoming so I won't not go out in the sun, but I do my safe sun and then I wear a hat, I cover up, I cover my arms and everything and I don't let myself have masses of sun. But I'm not going to fear. When I go out in the morning, I actually don't wear glasses. When I run now, it's important that I get the sun in my eyes. So in the morning, the sun is shining, but this is eight o'clock in the morning. I actually blink at the sun when I'm running. So yeah, I would advise, especially now everybody's being locked indoors and they're proving, and I don't really want to talk about the coronavirus. I don't watch the telly because it was making me ill in the very beginning but they are finding that everybody they have tested is lacking in vitamin d and they're going to be if they've been locked in the house and vitamin d is a very very important part of our health so i would recommend that if you're not in the sun that you get tested for vitamin d efficiency take it vitamin d i'm not going to recommend one to take because i have been doing a little bit of research and, and i and i think that we not only need vitamin d3 there's another one that is in with the vitamin d3 and i've not got that to mind to actually to tell people you know yeah thank you for sharing all of that about how to make sure our nutrition profile is adequate and complete to achieve optimum health and so you mentioned that you started taking a b12 supplement besides the blood work reflecting that change did you notice I, any other physical changes i can't go and retest until we come out of lockdown 
So, um, but all I'm going to retest for is vitamin B12, because we need that to have gone up, vitamin B12, vitamin D, and my homocysteine levels, and the two cholesterols that were, you know, were a little bit higher. Well, the brain is 75% cholesterol, and I'm not eating any foods with cholesterol. When I enter my foods on chronometer if i was to put some meat in on there or something obviously i would have cholesterol so what cholesterol is in my body my body is producing it i'm not adding it into my body and because my numbers go in so many times now and i know i'm not filled up i know that you know i know what it feels like because um, i was saying earlier on in the conversation that i could never breathe via my nose did you know that we're supposed to shut our mouth and breathe in and out via our nose? We should have been brought up doing that. I didn't know that. So just recently, because when I run, I have no problem with the breathing, but I am breathing via my mouth and my nose. You know, I practice now keeping my mouth shut and I'm breathing via my nose, in and out via my nose, and I'm getting the most tranquil peaceful feelings from doing this have tried to do it when I run and it's impossible because I'm running really fast I need my mouth so I want to enjoy my run if I'm practicing keeping my mouth closed and my nose you know and breathing by my nose I'm not running as fast I'm not getting the buzz that I so I decided no because the little hairs in our nose are there for a reason and obviously if, a, if cars are passing me because I run on a mountain, I run uphill a lot of the way, well, walk up the hill a lot of the way, 73% running and the rest is walking. But when I'm in the town and, and I know there's cars, I will uh, definitely close my mouth and breathe via my nose because the, the airs in my nose are feeding, you know, keeping out. So it's so many things that I like researching. I love moving one step further from what I'm actually achieving and so I will have the blood tests and see I've introduced the juicing back in and my greens are going in my juice in the morning the kale and the collar all those greens are going in my juice in the morning I, I seem to have to post something on my Tadella's raw food journey every day and I've never had any nastiness, never really had any bad comments. I get a lot of motivation from some of my followers. Some of my followers have been with me and they're so intelligent and I better not name any names. One is going for a degree in reflexology and she's doing, you know, like the food. And yet she needs me, you know, she needs my encouragement and it's it's fantastic really you know and then i've got another lady that we need each other and they um, motivate when if i don't do my live or i don't do a video because i usually do a live most days but i've stopped for some reason recently i've not done and i do get about 10 or 12 that come in on my live the same 12 people and because we're all predominantly raw and i might get two or three hundred people look at the video as many as 160 in uh, in a few hours so i know that what i'm doing is helping somebody else i have noticed which is very sad when i i started with facebook i had maybe 
57 family and friends. And I've noticed my family and friends do not comment on my raw food journey. They do not click like on my Della's raw food journey. I might put a funny caption on there, you know, like, and I get likes. Because I'm only 1% of the population being a raw. I like to say I'm sun-kissed, you know, like not a raw vegan, that I, I sun-kissed. Because, you know, everything I eat has been kissed by the sun. And I probably got that from somebody else, you know, listening to their podcasts. Hate being called a raw vegan because I never went in into it to be a raw vegan. Although now I feel fantastic that I don't use any other living animal to give me my protein or anything that I need. And I, I've come to accept that a, a lamb or a sheep is the same as my cat, yeah, which I haven't got, or a dog. Uh, which I haven't got any longer. And, you know, I, I feel good that because I really do feel that we wasn't put on this earth. Having had the two really bad illnesses, losing a baby and nearly dying with the E. coli, I should have been told by, because that was your question earlier on and I led on to other things. No, they no, none of the doctors have had education regarding what we should eat. And I will give you one more example of this. If I go into a, a healing crisis, so a healing crisis, you know, like this flu virus now, we need to have this flu virus. We need to have the antibodies, you know, to fight it off. And, um, and it's the elderly. It's myself at 59 wouldn't have lived through the coronavirus if I'd have caught the coronavirus it would have seen me off because my immune system couldn't have fought this off so my teaching is that when i have that hip bath i want to have a healing crisis i want to bring on a healing crisis that healing crisis could be in the form of flu or cold it is there for a reason and so then if i raise the temperature above 37.1 i'm congratulated by my practitioner she says right that is it your body is going through healing mode i want you to go to bed um, don't use technology if you want to read read a book you know switch off from the world take to your bed sip water as needed and fast for three days and then what happens the body heats up um, the blood heats up and it carries past toxins. My body, when I started raw, if you imagine my body as a bin, and my bin was up to here, and this is what's happening with the world, right? Their bin is up to here, they come down with the coronavirus, and their bin overflows and they die in, in the thousands, in the millions. No different from when they die of uh, the flu. So my bin was up to there, couldn't breathe via my nose, was on all these medications, couldn't walk. And then slowly, as I get a healing crisis, my body froze off and it pulls it down, you know, so that the bin is only to here. And then another healing crisis takes it down to there and another healing crisis. And so over time, it's down in my waist area now, not up in my, up in the top of my body. So that three day fast. So if I have to use the dent, when I had the cancer on my face, 
I said, do not put me out. It was the wrong thing because I thought it was a tiny little mark on my face and I didn't realise they were going to rip my face, come down in a V, flap it back and do what they had to do. So I know this sounds awful, but I didn't have be put out. Very lucky that I wasn't put out because he came, the, the scar is right to my eye. If he, if I did not stopped him, I my eye would be disfigured now because that's what happens to a lot of people when they have the operation that I had. After the operation, I wouldn't take any painkillers at all because I would have been putting toxins in my body. I just had to suffer the pain, but I did use hot, not on my face, I put hot compress around my neck and that seemed to relieve the actual pain. I've had to have teeth uh, extracted. I've had to have, you know, a bridge, put a bridge, not a bridge, you know, and people say against root canals, you know, I've got root canals in, in my mouth. I don't want to do what my brother and sister have to do and put teeth in and, and take them out. I've even had my teeth done where I've not had the injection because it's the last thing in the body, first thing out. So then I fast, you know, because I want that toxin back out of my body. I don't wait for a healing crisis. I fast for one or two days and then get back on with my life again. I've not taken any medication. You know, I will have to be taken screaming if they want to give me a vaccine. I stopped my flu jab six years ago. And what did my flu jab do for me for the 15 years I was taking it? It gave me the flu. You know, straight afterwards, it gave me the flu. Since I've not taken it, um, I do get my flu. I need to have that flu. If I suppress it with medication and lozenges and this, that and the other, it's putting more waste in my body and it's making my bin go up to there. So that's it. That's my, you've had everything thrown at you now. I think that I've covered most things, you know, and it feels good. Thank you so much. So do you have any lasting words of wisdom, any advice or takeaways for our listeners today about why eating fruit and raw foods is so important to our species? When we're born, our body is 99% water. I might be wrong. Don't ever listen 100% because I, I get my tidbits and I say it as I want to say it. So when we're born, our bodies are 99% water. If we were fed our species-specific diet of mainly predominantly fruit, the, we would have been getting the 99% water in our body. So over time, because we're eating cooked food and we're eating the wrong foods, we're stripping our body of that 99%. From the day we're born, we're dying. And, but it's how we do it. Like... I was dying before, now I am flying. You know, I'm gonna walk into my grave. But over the years, this is what is happening to us. We're depleting our body of its water. So the only food that is gonna give us that water is fruit and vegetables. Vegetables have water in it, you know. Uh, this is where it's come about, you know. Probably not the same way as I'm explaining it, but it's because it's the only thing. If we have some rice, that is depleting our body of its water. And then we think, you know, we've got to drink two litres of water. 
did you know that water doesn't go into the same channel as the as the fruit goes you know it gets taken in via the body a different way so it's never going to give us what fruit would give us so and also it's that monkey mind you've got to stop that monkey mind you are in control of what you do and easy 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 for me because i was dying you know i passed my cell by day <laughs> my body was so compromised you know and for me to feel the difference this is why i can sit in front of you i don't sit here with i don't have palpitations from a heart anymore i couldn't go outside i had to have the aircon on i couldn't sit here and, and preach to you if i still was compromised in my body i'm not all the things i've got wrong with me and yeah give up the cause which is anything that we're eating a apart from fruits, vegetables, nuts and seeds. Nuts and seeds have to be in moderation because it's fat. Any fat in the body is, is bad fat if it's over a certain amount. And that's why the fat has to be kept around 10% or just a little bit higher than 10%. And then what slows my, my arteries, I'd, I'd love to have another angiogram, but I probably never will because you can die having an angiogram. You can lose your leg. I didn't know this, but I could have actually lost when I was in recovery after I had seven angiograms. I was playing Russian roulette seven times. The last time I was put on the ward, the woman in the next bed had had to have her leg amputated. So what's more severe? giving up crap you know the standard american diet you know sos so what is it no sos stands for do you know what sos is that salt oil and sugar refined sugar that's it so we've got to give up those things salt oil sugar and biscuits and everything and, and processed food have all got salt to keep it on the shelf you know and you know even us vegans i would even say you know they're making vegan uh, burgers and this that and that's not the ideal but it's better than what we were doing you know it's not gonna give us the pinnacle of health but it is going to take us that that bin is going to empty and how far down you want that bin to empty so say there was a 15 year old or a 10 year old person listening to me now and they didn't have like the wrinkled skin you know they hadn't aged from uh, depleting their body of the water from the food from the fruit you know are going to look fantastic they're going to have the hourglass figure you know they're going to look at you know they're going to have the perfect bmi the perfect weight i can't starve i need to eat you know and i can have what i want basically i really can have what i want when i eat that fruit lunchtime i i, I could eat another bowl and another bowl and i could just live on that fruit yes it's so so delicious and i just want to thank you so much Stella, for sharing your story and your words of wisdom for us today it has been such a pleasure listening to your experience i know i can resonate with so much of what you've shared and i hope our listeners can too so thank you again I do too. thank you okay thank you and thank you to all the listeners for joining us on this journey and i wish you all a happy healthy and dynamic day